Ni hao, and welcome back to the Panda Cup Stories podcast, stories told in Mandarin Chinese and English. Now, we ended last week's episode with Hai's dream, or was it a dream? Leading him to a mysterious, gray-colored land. And who was that figure in black? And what could this possibly have to do with saving May? Today, we continue our story with part 11 of Pearl, Chen Zhu, a Chinese mermaid story. Chapter 31, The Dreamweaver, The person in front of Hai had silver hair, or was it a face of shadow and light? Hai saw the figure clear as day, yet he couldn't seem to remember what they looked like. It was as if Hai's eyes could only see one feature at a time. No sooner did Hai's eyes register one feature to move on to the next, his mind was wiped blank, leaving only the hint of a face. Hai thought they might be smiling. Strange boy, they said, a voice wrapping around Hai like silk. Wonderful boy, what is it you hold? Hai's hand closed protectively around the rose pearl, dimming its bright light. The one called Meng looked at the human boy standing before it. The first of his kind, the first in many lifetimes, if one was to count such things, to venture into Meng's realm. Meng regarded it with curiosity. The boy had broken rules. He had made light, even after Meng had plucked the moon from the sky. In the dream realm, Meng was queen and also king. None but Meng could reweave the strands of all dreams dreamed, none save a fellow immortal. Yet this boy had, somehow. Meng sniffed the air and nodded. Yes, the boy bore a scent which was unmistakingly human. The dreamweaver smiled a smile which the human boy could not see. Strange boy, Meng purred. Wonderful boy. She repeated, sliding effortlessly into her female form. What is it you hold? The dreamweaver saw apprehension flicker through the boy's eyes, saw him tighten his grip around what Meng now realized was a large pink pearl. Unburden your heart, Meng told the boy with a light laugh. I do not desire that heart you hold. I need not its light. She reached into one of her many pockets and retrieved the moon. With one smooth movement, she returned the orb into the sky. And then, Meng looked straight into Hai's eyes. See, Meng commanded in a voice that was not a voice. The moon rested once more in a slate-colored sky. The land was again awash with pale silver light. Hai found himself looking into the eyes of a tall woman with silver-white hair. Had she always looked like this? Hai opened his mouth to speak, but before he could do so, the silver woman plucked the words from his throat. They sat on the palm of her hand, shimmering and shivering. Meng cocked her head, considering Hai's words. Hai clutched at his throat, unable to make a sound. Then Meng opened her mouth wide, and swallowed Hai's words whole. When Meng spoke again, 
the voice that emerged was Hai's own. I've come to seek help. Meng touched a pale tongue to her lips, tasting the lingering echoes of Hai's words. Indeed you have, she murmured, gaze softening as she looked again at Hai. His mouth was open, stunned, and, obviously, silent. You see, laughed Meng, tasting words is the best way to prove sincerity. She smiled wryly at Hai and gave him a nod. Ask me for what you seek, boy, named after the sea. I will answer if I can. And with a snap of her elegant fingers, Meng restored Hai's voice. And so, Hai told the Dreamweaver all that had come to pass. When he had finished, Meng looked thoughtful. Then she nodded. From her silver hair, she plucked a single blossom. Had it always been there? Hai wondered. Meng placed the blossom into Hai's palm. He saw that it was a pale white flower, the same color of the moon, with a soft yellow heart. This is a soul blossom, Meng said to Hai. May will need it if she is to return to you. However, you cannot take one in bloom from here. Should you try, its petals shall crumble to dust, for it is not of your realm. However, Meng continued, the pearl you wear around your neck will allow you to take a single seed back to your land. Whether or not the soul blossom blooms will depend on you. With those words, Meng placed a hand on Hai's chest and gave a firm push. The ground beneath Hai gave way and he fell, backwards, hands cupped around a white and yellow blossom, falling, falling, falling. Chapter 32, The Sanshi Erzhang, Soul Blossom, Huan Kun Cao. Hai's eyes blinked open to find that he was back in his cottage. How long had he been asleep? There had been someone, someone in black with silver hair. She, or was it a he, had given something, something for May. It was still night, for the moon hung ever bright in the sky. Sitting up, Hai looked down to see that in his right hand he was holding a seed, a tiny thing, black and round. Then, Hai felt a stinging pain in his left palm. Opening his left hand, Hai saw the following words carved in thin red lines into his flesh. Bury me under moonlight, water me with dew, nourish me with proof of a heart beating true. Hai rubbed the remainder of sleep from his eyes. He swung his legs out of bed and padded across the floor, through the door, footsteps soft as night. Choosing a spot right by his little cottage, Hai dug a hole in the damp soil. Gently, he placed the seed he carried into the hole he had just dug, covering it again with handfuls of rich earth. Hai straightened and gazed at his work. The earth was hardly disturbed, the hole had been small. With the sharp edge of a stone, Hai scratched a mark on the wall of the cottage to indicate the spot where he had planted the seed. And then, Hai walked to a nearby tree, taking from it one waxy leaf. He rolled the leaf into a makeshift cone and then sat down with his back to the trunk. The sky was still dark. Hai gazed at the moon and waited for dawn. Dawn came with rolling mist as her train. 
The mist draped its soft folds around each leaf and each blade of grass. High watched the mist come, watched as the sky began to wake, first a pale, cool blue, then tinged with orange and pink. With the leaf cup he had made, High spent his morning collecting dew. A droplet here, a few leaves shaken there, and a couple droplets more. The sun was now pale and yellow in the sky. Sweat streamed down High's temples as he worked. He nearly had a full cup of dew now. Gingerly, he carried the water back to his cottage, steps slow and measured. High knelt to the ground, trickling the dew water down onto the patch of soil where the soul blossom seed lay buried. Drink, he whispered. Chapter 33, Di Zhang, Dewdrops, Lu Zhu. Each day before Dawn herself awoke, Hai had risen, ready to collect the morning's dew. Dawn after dawn after dawn he rose, collecting dewdrop by dewdrop. On her way to bed each night, the moon bid Hai goodbye, smiling quietly down at the boy in love. She smiled at him in her fullness and smiled as she gradually waned. It was when the moon once again grew round and silver that it happened. A lone green shoot emerged, peeking shyly from the soil. So dawn after dawn after dawn, Hai continued to rise, now to pour his carefully collected dewdrops onto leaves and roots. And day by day, the seedling grew. It grew towards the warm rays of sunshine, grew under the tender care of a heart in love. The seedling grew from shoots into vines, and those vines climbed and climbed, sprouting wide, waxy leaves that shone jade under moonlight. Yes, the vines of the soul blossom grew stronger day by day. Yet, as the many days passed, no blossom of white with a center of gold appeared. Still, high continued to rise at the first note of dawn, collecting dewdrops for the seedling against a half-awake sky. Chapter 34, the Proof, Zhenming. One particular afternoon, Hai was shucking oysters the size of his palm. His skillful hands made quick work of the task, aided by his trusty knife. As Hai worked, he thought of the last meal he and May had shared, sweet oyster meat on fragrant rice. A meal he had barely touched. Ayah! A sharp sting of pain pulled high from his reverie. The fleshy part of his index finger had caught against the sharp edge of a broken shell. He pulled his hand back and observed the cut. It was shallow and looked worse than it felt, although a trickle of red had already begun to flow from the wound. Tearing a strip of fabric from his tunic, I bandaged his cut and resumed his shucking. There were only a few oysters left. That evening, Hai walked back from the market. His way back to the cottage was lit by the moon. Her pale light dusted the leaves of the soul blossom vines a queer shade of lavender. The color was so peculiar that Hai reached out to touch a leaf, as if the color might pass to his fingertips. The strip of tunic which he had used to bandage his cut finger had long since fallen away. The cut had reopened, and as Hai touched the leaf, a dark red smear stained the leaf surface. A wisp of cloud passed over the crescent moon. Shadows fell. When silver light bathed the seedling once more, 
the crimson stain had disappeared. I stared. Slowly, with the tip of his bleeding finger, he touched another leaf. A droplet of blood shone dark red under moonlight before vanishing, as if swallowed by the plant. Bury me under moonlight, water me with dew, nourish me with proof of a heart beating true. The pearl around High's neck pulsed against his chest. Proof of a heart beating true. Life's very force which flows through us all, which flows through me. High looked again at the spidering vines which had climbed the walls of the cottage. For the third and final time, he pressed his cut finger to the leaf. For the third and final time, the soul blossom vines accepted his offering. The wind rustled the leaves of the vines. Sleep, they seemed to whisper. High heard, and he slept. All right, friends, that's our story for the week. High has brought a special seed back from the realm of dreams and is told that should he make it bloom, May will return to life. So day after day, High tends to the seedling to no avail until the night we leave this story, where we discover, along with High, that the soul blossom requires something else apart from water. So as High sleeps, the soul blossom grows. What will happen next? Find out next Saturday with the final episode of Pearl or Jinju, a Chinese mermaid tale. This episode was written and produced by Linda Yi. Chinese translations were provided by Zoe or Lila. Multiliteracy advice provided by Kevin M. Wang. <laughs>